Some of you know that I have a dog. He's not a very big dog, he's only like a 30 pounder, but when we go for long walks in the valley, there's something about him that fascinates me, which is the way that he deals with obstacles. And so when we're out walking, like every dog wants to do, but probably him more than most, he loves to go zigzagging, smelling every possible smell that he can find. But when he goes to smell those smells, he doesn't pay any attention to what's between him and that smell. And so being a 30 pound dog, when we go walking in the valley, especially this week, he will dart to where he wants to go and jump into that snow, not knowing how deep it is. And so sometimes he'll jump into that snow and all that's sticking out is his little head and he has to backtrack and go, okay, well, I guess I can't go that way. So then he re-coordinates and goes a different way. Or when there's thick bush, he doesn't stop and kind of look, ah, should I, shouldn't I, can I squeeze through? He just goes. And sometimes he gets hung up on a branch and he pulls himself out and goes another way. And then recently I found out he also loves to chase snowmobiles and he will chase and chase and chase. And if that snowmobile goes faster than he can chase, he just keeps his steady pace until he'll finally catch up again and then start hurting that snowmobile all over again. Because for him, the goal is what he's living for. And the obstacles that get in the way of that goal don't matter. He pushes through them no matter what. Sometimes he doesn't even think about what the obstacle is because the goal is what he's living for. On Ash Wednesday, I talked about how we all have a temptation towards comfort and that through Lent, what we actually do as Christians is willingly embrace discomfort because that's what brings true and lasting change. Well, today, when we look at Jesus's temptations in the desert, Temptation very much is about seeking comfort. Comfort to an extreme degree, right? Because what is comfort about? Comfort is about what I want right now. And all temptation, just about all temptation, falls into that category. What do I want and what do I want right now? Pope Francis actually has a really fancy word to describe that character trait, character trait in human beings. He calls it anthropomorphic immanentism. It's basically just anthropology, man. Immanentism, imminent, now. It's the world revolves around me right now. And Satan uses that to tempt us. The desire that we have to satisfy our wants in the immediate moment is how he lures us into sin. That seeking of comfort for ourselves, not being able to delay our desires, not being willing to go through difficult obstacles for the sake of the goal, but what do I want right now? And he does that only by things that are within our grasp. Satan will never test, tempt us with things that are beyond our grasp, right? So if I, asked any one of you that I need you to go kill somebody tomorrow, I hope every one of you would go, there's no way, Father, I could never do that. Right? Because for everyone here, that is so far out of the realm of your existence, to willingly choose to do that 
would be way beyond what you're capable of. But we know that some people do that in the world. And there are a thousand temptations that somebody gives into along the way to get to a point where taking somebody's life is a possibility. Nobody wakes up one day and goes, yeah, I want to be a murderer. That's what I aspire to in life. It's only ever things that are within our reach. And every time we give in to that temptation that's within our reach, we've taken a step forward. And then Satan can tempt us with something that's just beyond our reach the next time, and we take a step forward. And then before we know it, we keep progressing until we're stuck in a way of living that is sinful, or a way of thinking, or a way of speaking. It's why over time, there's certain things that we do that are very difficult for us to acknowledge and recognize as sinful in ourselves because we've just let it happen so progressively, just giving into this little temptation, just this little one. Oh, this isn't that big of a deal. And then we get to a point where we're stuck and we're committed to it, right? Just think of other people in your life because it's easier to think about other people's sins than our own. Think about somebody else in your life that just struggles to overcome something because you just go, well, you just have to do this, but they can't see it because they've given in to this temptation and this temptation and this temptation to get to that point. And they have to work their way back to come back to that freedom, right? To me, it's kind of the same idea as when you're driving. If you just look right in front of the hood of your car, you're constantly going to be making corrections. What you have to do is look ahead at the goal, and then you stay straight. It's what we see with Jesus in the gospel, right? Everything that Satan tempts him with in the gospel today is just within his reach, right? Take this stone, turn it into a loaf of bread. Jesus was famished. And we know that Jesus can perform miracles. So everything that is there is a good thing. He's famished. Food is good. He's human. He has the ability to take stone and turn into bread, supply for that want right then and there. But then he will forget the goal, which is the Father. Then Satan says, I can give you all of these kingdoms and you can be king over all of this, just worship me. Well, how do we end every liturgical year? The last Sunday of every year is what? The Feast of Christ the King. Kingship is within Jesus' grasp. He will be king. But in order for him to satisfy that need, that desire right now, requires him to worship Satan and not the Father. And then the last one, throw yourself from the top of the temple because God says that he won't let you be harmed. Prove to everyone right here, right now, that you are the Son of God. Then you can just avoid all of this suffering and the cross and all of that. Then everybody will believe that you're the Son of God and you've done your job. But do not put the Lord your God to the test. Everything is just within his grasp to tempt him a little bit forward. Again, Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were in the garden being tempted by Satan, what is Eve's conclusion? At the end of her debate with the serpent, with Satan, her conclusion is that the food is good to eat, it's a delight to the eyes, and it makes one wise. Those all sound like good things to me. 
Why wouldn't you choose that? But it rejects God in the process. Satan only will ever tempt us with what's within our grasp so that he can inch us forward away from God. The good news is our Lenten disciplines are the remedy. So what we hear in the gospel every year at Ash Wednesday of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, those are the remedy to giving into temptation because they do the opposite of what temptation wants, which is to bring us comfort, satisfy what I want right now. Prayer does the opposite. Prayer, every time we just make the act of going to pray, we are saying that God exists and my needs are satisfied by God, not myself. So just the simple act of going to pray, you're already making a step towards, I don't need to satisfy what I want right now because I believe that God exists and my life is tied to him and that he fulfills all of my desires. When we fast, why do we fast? Because in that discipline of fasting, we're saying, I do not need to immediately satisfy this pang of hunger. And then when I get to that pang of hunger, then I have the possibility of thinking, well, is my need the greatest need right now? Or maybe there's another need that needs to be served in someone else. And then with almsgiving, I could take this material blessing that I have, money, and I could satisfy what I want right now and bring myself comfort. But instead, I take what could be mine and I offer it to somebody else to fulfill their need ahead of my own. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving break us out of that temptation of thinking about and worrying about only me right now. That's why Jesus gives us them. Because the way out of temptation is to stay focused on the goal. See, my dog, when he goes, if he was more like us, he would get to that snowbank and he would stick his paw and say, mm, is that too deep? Can I get in there? Oh, I might not be able to get in there. Or he would overanalyze that thicket and go, ah, I'm going to have to go the long way around and that's ah, too far, I'm just not going to bother. Or if he's chasing the snowmobile and the snowmobile gets too far ahead, he'll go, ah, he's too far ahead. They don't care about me anymore. I'm just going to turn back and go home. If we're worried about the obstacle, if we're worried about the discomfort, we will always give in to temptation because we will be worried about finding comfort. But when we look to the goal, when we look to the reason of why we are striving to overcome temptation, we can look past the discomfort of the obstacle, the temptation that Satan is giving us, and live for what we are called to live, right? What is the answer to Je of Jesus every time Satan tempts him? Back to the Father, back to the Father, back to the Father. His mind, his heart, are focused on the Father, so that no matter what temptation is right in front of him, he can see past it. And so our Lenten disciplines, the penances that you take up, that's the goal. 
is that we take on this discomfort to remind us and teach us that I look to God above all things. So that when I'm faced with temptations, the temptation to satisfy my need in the immediate moment, I can look beyond it. To live for what I really want to live. To be the human I really desire to be, to grow in holiness. To be more like Christ.